0: Welcome back into the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again for another episode. I'm I'm telling you, I'm having so much fun doing these little shorter episodes, and I know I've, I've had some good feedback here as of late with them. I just had a meeting this past week with another guest who I think you guys will absolutely love. You may actually get sick and might not be able to get through the entire episode because we both have the gift of gab, and I'm... Very much, like I said, looking forward to some interesting episodes, uh, new content, uh, different topics that we've ever talked about before. I think you're really going to enjoy it. But uh, I, as I, as I've as kept with the theme here, uh, talking about kind of what I preached, about what I've been going through with my congregation with recently, I, I had a um, kind of an epiphany a couple weeks ago, I ended up changing my schedule around. But this week, this past week, I ended up talking about evil and the presence of evil in our society. And it's quoting that Kevin Spacey line from 7 is that the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And it's interesting to me that, at least in our society today, it doesn't seem as if we believe that evil exists, or maybe we we believe it does, but it doesn't really play out uh, every day in the mainstream. It's something that's maybe hidden, something that's more mystical in our society. It's not something that we find that's ever-present, something that's just right out in the open. And how could it be? Because if, if Satan were to actually, you know, make himself manifest in our society every day, he'd be pretty easy to recognize and therefore fight against and, you know, make make it easier for, for Christians to Overcome a lot of the temptation, a lot of the evil that that's in our society, and I just think at least in, in America today, again in the cultural West, again for the use for use use people uh, that are not not in America, I think you have a greater appreciation for the presence of evil, not because it's something to be appreciated, but you you don't take it for granted. It's not something that that is foreign. It's not something that uh, you. You just kind of keep in the back of your mind. You actually see the ravages of it every single day, and I'm reminded. You know, when you look at what Paul, what he writes in Ephesians chapter six, what what I what I love about this particular passage and you know, the armor of God, it, it's something that yeah, it's, it's metaphorical, but there, he's writing it for a reason. And, and starting at verse ten in Ephesians six, he says finally. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore. "...having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints, and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me, in the opening of my mouth to make known the, with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in the chains. That in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So you have, you have again Paul, being able to, to kind of put the emphasis always back on what what's the purpose here? What is the purpose of our lives? Even in the midst of of trials and tribulations in his own life, his, his words of encouragement is saying, you know, I, I still need courage because even through my present circumstances, I need that strength because we're not just fighting against flesh and blood. We're not. Actually, it's not even our real enemy because Christ told us that we're going to suffer for his sake, but we're suffering because people are listening to things that, that aren't God. Because if every single person on this planet was a Christian fully devoted to God, would we as christians be put in chains for doing doing the holy things in our in our lives would we be uh you know not necessarily afraid but would we live with the reality that we at least maybe not necessarily in america but across the world that I'm going to be put in prison for this. Like, no, that wouldn't happen, right? It's got to be something. It's this belief. It's this aura that what I'm doing, either I'm listening to the state, I'm listening to my supervisor, or I truly believe that Christians are evil and they need to be locked up, put away, or even killed because what they speak is blasphemy and it's dangerous, right? Well, if we have that type of understanding of our world, then praying for people, seeing lives changed, understanding that Satan does have weight in this world. I mean he's given authority. But what are we as Christians, what are we doing to respond to that? I think, at least here in the West in America, I think sometimes we as Christians, we forget that evil exists because it's it's been like shrouded in mystery, because Satan masks himself in idolatry and greed in this country, the the pursuit of pleasure and wealth and the storing up of possessions. It's not something very sinister. You don't see uh, us talk a whole lot about demon possession, and you don't see us talk about evil. We don't even like to use that word sometimes because that can come across as judgmental for whatever reason when it's you know actually applicable. And it's like, no, that's against the Bible. What you're doing is evil. I mean, Jesus, again, is the one who said, if you're not with me, you are against me. And I think Satan... Wouldn't want us to acknowledge his existence. He doesn't want to be found out. He wants to lurk in the shadows and and remain unambiguous. And at least in our society in the United States, I find that one of the reasons why I think our reliance upon God isn't theres because we we have everything that we need in this society. Everything's provided to us either by our state, um, through local business, through our employer. I mean we we have access to money, health care food, shelter, transportation, friends, so we have emotional, physical support wherever we want it, and this idea that we need God when it comes to the things of this life that, you know, that are gar- almost guaranteed to us through the pursuit of happiness with this free market we live in, and I think we truly miss the, the point of what this life is about. And therefore the evils of this world can creep in, in very subtle ways and not ways that, that are, that are easily recognizable because it's, you can live a fantastic life. You can have a lot of possessions. You can have those quote unquote blessings from God and they can still be used for very sinister ways. And I think a lot of times we think of evil. We think of hellfire, damnation. We think of a monster. We think of death decay destruction which which is always the end goal of, of satan but he doesn't necessarily want to physically kill the body he wants to go after the soul and when we talk about things in our society that we can agree on like like murder rape torture ab- abuse of any kind we all recognize that as bad right we all we all can say that subjectively evil now i don't know where our society gets the idea um, of ob- objectification anywhere besides the Bible, but which, again, I think that's our Judeo-Christian roots still influencing law to this day and in our, our inner conscience, which I think is where you can see God in every person because they are created, right, on purpose. They are created um, as a human being in the image of, God, in likeness of God. So I think you, I think people have that type of conscience. I think people can tune their heart to that. I think that's where you see the, the unity of, of humanity is in our and our communal revile against the evil of this world, these injustices. But I think as the church, I think we are so distracted by our own schemes, our own missions, um, and then this is the human aspect, that we totally miss some of the devils that are right in front of us when it comes to, you know, uh, when it comes to uh, dysfunction, when it comes to lack of union, when it comes to Disagreements over things that don't really have anything to do with salvation. I think those are the subtle evils in our lives that we we don't even acknowledge. We don't see as evil because we're in the way. It's like, of course, it's not evil because I'm not evil, and I know what I'm talking about. So therefore, right? It's 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 a end result, and it's always talking about something that you I mean. You're always finding ways to justify your own your own beliefs and why you're right and why everything that I do is good, everything, every, everything everybody else does is bad, and I am finding nowadays that when we are so distracted by each other, when our eyes are not fixated upon the cross of Christ, what ends up happening is that we end up allowing not just false teaching but, and, and false teachers, but we collectively become numb to things that, you know, 40 years ago we would be crying. We would be loathing that, that this type of stuff is in our presence, and I, I guess giving an example is this this idea, you know, that that gender or sexuality is up to the individual; that it's not something that is uh, it's not something that is determined by God. It's not something that was made um, and given by God to humanity, uh, but it was sacred. And the fact that a lot of churches are okay with humans just changing it and becoming lords and masters over their own body, which is so stupid. I'm just gonna, I'll just call it stupid because if we truly believe the Bible of all Christians, we know that our life is not our own. We've been bought with a price. So I don't. When you talk about my body, my choice in any context, um, you're 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 speaking to that freedom. You're speaking to that freedom that God has given to us. But at the same time. If you're a Christian, you've submitted yourself over to God, it isn't your body no longer. It's the Lord's, and you're going to do what he wishes. Now, I know I'm maybe conflating two different ideologies, but our world has done the same thing. We've used that whole phrase, my body, my choice, in many different arenas now. It started off as one thing. Now it's just used uh, ubiquitously across the board, and and that's something, for me, it's like, well— I understand because you're speaking to the agency. You're talking about free will, which, again, God has so generously given to us. But what are we using it for? And we become slaves to Christ. That's the language that Paul uses when he describes our lives after we've given ourselves over to Christ as his humble servant. So, you know, for me, that's just one particular area. Another area is is really... This lack of conviction when it comes to what we consume, when it comes to songs, uh, when it comes to uh, TV shows, movies, podcasts, things that, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that any Christian should or shouldn't watch like Game of Thrones, for example, or any other shows on HBO, Starz, Netflix, Prime, YouTube, but surely there's, you know, we all can agree on like, hey, pornography is bad, right? But you know, when Jesus says, you know, if you, in the Sermon on the Mount, when he says, you know, for any, you know, you've heard it been said, but I tell you, anyone who's lusted at a woman has committed adultery. Like, like wait a minute. Uh, that's kind of taking the whole thing uh, and, and turning it on its head, right? Well, I, you don't have to watch pornography to watch something perverse, sexually perverse, and actually have the conviction that it's still wrong. But I do but people want to argue like, well, there's different there's different thresholds for it, or I have a different tolerance, or like, well, um, I understand what you're saying. However, you know, like without that age old thing, you know, if Christ is right next to you, would you be watching it? Yeah, probably not. Probably not, I would imagine. And I, I just uh I, I don't I just wonder I just wonder if we are allowing the small devils into our life because we are so much distracted on what we want. I don't know. That, that's, not, that's not something that I can d- decide. Um, for you, that's something I, I'd have to encourage you to seek out on your own. But at the same time, I there's got to be other lines in the sand that we as Christians can draw. And if we're not on the lookout for evil, something that's very real and present in our lives, and a lot, of, and again in the West, something I think more subtle uh, instead of as overt as it can be overseas, uh, more covert here, that I don't know. We, I, if for any parents out there, if you're not tracking with me, think about your children. Think about what they can learn or not learn in school. Think about what they're exposed to on a daily basis when it comes to other friends. Things that are so anti-biblical is evil when there's when they're being chided for their their faith being made fun of those are small those are small manifestations of evil and our kids are being exposed to that and as parents if we're not careful if we're not being i say we i'm not a parent The parenting generations, if we're not cognizant, if we're not tuning our spiritual ears and being on the lookout for those evils in our life, we will pass them down to our children. And if there's anything that gets people's attention is when we start involving children in the conversation and what we are teaching them and what we are keeping them from, protecting them. The idea of sheltered, the idea of innocence, and sometimes being made fun of, like, get out of here, okay? You've seen you've seen what the Bible says. You've heard Jesus' words. He says, you know, it's better for a person to have a millstone thrown um flung around their neck and then being thrown into the sea than to let any harm come to these little ones. Those are the words of Jesus. So I'm just wondering if, if we miss the mark sometimes because we're so distracted, we're so narcissistic, we're we're so selfish in how we are supposed to live our lives. We're not at all aware of how it affects other people what does our witness do to other people i think that's a good place to start when it comes to discussing evil is being aware of it in our own lives in our own hearts anyway that's just some thoughts as usual thank you everyone may god bless you and may god keep you